You've reached the Hyper Guy Motivational Podcast. Today, I'm so lucky to have a wonderful power couple on. Uh, I've known uh, Miss Red for quite a while, and I've heard wonderful things about her husband. So I get to I get to interview him today. I'm so I'm so excited to have both of you. Um, so it's Jesse and Silas Red. Jesse, uh, I'm going to go into your I'm going to go into your uh, bio first. She's the interim director of the Safe Communities Institute at the University of Southern California. She has a master's in public administration. She is a lifelong athlete. She has her BA in forensics and, and criminality. And, and she was recently featured in Voyage LA. She is a, a budding Instagram influencer like her husband. Both <laughs> of you guys have a very a big Instagram presence. They're both amazing athletes and we'll get into that. Uh, Silas Red Jr. is a former professional athlete and NFL running back for the Washington Commanders, formerly the uh, Redskins. He played his college football at Penn State and USC. Uh, and he did, and I guess he dabbled in rugby. He'll have to get into that a little bit if he wants to. Um, and, and he is a currently he's a high school running backs coach and a personal trainer, a fitness trainer. And as as I said, they both have a budding Instagram business, and they're fitness trainers, and they do amazing things. So we're going to get into that. So first, the first thing I'm going to do is um, I just want to ask both of you guys: What were you guys born and raised, and who who kind of influenced you guys when you were growing up? Okay, yeah, I was born in uh, South Central Los Angeles, um, influenced by both my parents and also my grandparents. Um, my mom uh, pretty much guided me to, um, uh, I guess, a career in like public service. So although I do work at a university and we're a private university, I do work um, a lot with law enforcement, which is how I was so lucky to meet Martin. Um, but yeah, I would say my my parents and my grandparents definitely um, were my biggest influences. And Silas, what about you? Yeah, uh, I grew up in, uh, born and raised in Norwalk, Connecticut. Um, my influences, uh, yeah, just my parents. My parents, uh, my dad was in the military. Uh, my mom ran track in middle school and high school. So um, those are definitely my two biggest influences for sure. So what did, oh, sorry, my older what, brother. And what did you guys learn from in terms of lessons when you were growing up? Um, for me, my grandpa was always big on family and just like bringing us together. He's originally from um, Louisiana, just outside of New Orleans. So we would go to New Orleans every summer and spend time with my family down there. Um, so he really instilled like the values of family. Um, and then my mom, she just instilled like working hard, especially because my parents separated when I was early, um, really young. So she was kind of a single parent for a while. So yeah, I just saw her go to work day in and day out and she was able to take care of me. Um, so yeah, I just I feel like I have no real excuse to not work hard. And a little bit of the same for me. Um, we're big on family, uh, all of us, my media family, extended family, huge on family, um, and then just a the work ethic. Like my dad used to give me gems. I could riddle off a whole list of gems. My dad used to like give me as a kid um, some jewels and stuff. But one that really, really stuck with me was there's a price to pay for success, and it's called hard work something simple but it just stuck with me uh throughout all you know my whole athletic career and um i never really lost sight of that 
And when you guys were growing up, were your role model your parents? And did you guys have any idea what you wanted to do when you were growing up, or what were we? Where were you? What direction were you going when you were younger? Were you thinking I'm going to be a firefighter? You know, some people think all different things go through their mind. What did you guys want to do? And how did both of you started to get into athletics? Um. Well, for me, my mom was a director um, at a park in Los Angeles. She She's worked for the city of L.A. Pretty much her whole career, she started off in Rec and Park. So I was just thrown into, like, every sport from basketball, baseball, hockey, um, softball, golf. And then eventually basketball just stuck with me. Um, so I think – yeah, and then my favorite player growing up was Michael Jordan, and Kobe was one of them too. So that's how I started in sports, and then I played um, up to two years in college. Um, and then recently I started playing again. I took like a five-year break. Uh, I actually played when I was living in Cape Town, South Africa. I studied abroad there um, through USC, and I played on their kind of like intramural team. We played different teams in Africa, so it was fun. And I just, you know, I love basketball. I think it's more than a sport. Um, currently coaching at Village Christian High School. Um, I've coached with the varsity team, but last year I actually was coaching the middle school team. So it's just like a great way to meet people and just instill those values that I learning up to future generations um and it just teaches you so much like it's again more than a sport i learned like time management how to work um together with people just how to love like a team um so yeah i i'm very thankful that i had sports in my life it definitely kept me disciplined and i'm glad that you mentioned stephen curry was your favorite player but that's another issue I'm sorry, I have to throw the Bay Area not stuff. Not in, in this house. <laughs> so, so, Silas, when did you start? When did you start getting into football? Uh, my first year of football was when I was six, six years old. Um, first year of padded football. Um, I was an aggressive kid, played a lot, uh, tag and stuff. You know, um, my mom didn't want to put me in martial arts. She thought I would. I don't know. I don't know what she thought because she didn't want to do that. So she figured the next best thing with the blessings of my dad um, was football. So, yeah, I started when I was six. And how was that? You evolved over time in terms of your in terms of football. How was that? Did you always love it? Was it something that when you started out, was it something that you really enjoyed? Was it did it become your passion? Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. I fell in love with it uh, right away. Um, and it wasn't like I didn't start off as the star or anything like that. Uh, I was one of like the last kids to sign up. My number was 71. I played the line, like, you know, it's one of those stories. And then um, as just time progressed each year, I got better, I got more aggressive. I uh, started developing each year, just in a you know upward trajectory. So um, yeah, those were, those were the years that I fell in love with it for sure. And when did you in your high school years you obviously you probably dominated in high school what were those years like for you was it hard on your body what was the training like for you oh uh, uh training was uh training was tough training was tough i started i got with a like a, a outside trainer um probably like eighth grade eighth grade i started working with like an outside trainer um doing stuff outside of my school and like stuff like that. Um, yeah, 
all the way up until I finished, I stopped playing. I had a personal trainer. Uh, those were, you know, early mornings. Uh, like I wake up before high school, I have 4 a.m. workouts and stuff like that. Um, that my dad would take me to, or when I started driving, I drive myself. Um, so yeah, I worked at this, uh, or worked out at a place, trained at a place called uh, Blue Streak. After my high school practices, I would go there to train before I went home. So yeah, it's just, I put a lot of time and effort in. <laughs> and what was it like for you balancing in school and this rigorous physical sport you were involved in? Um, it wasn't tough. It wasn't tough earlier, early in high school, obviously um, trying to balance like making varsity or trying to be like a varsity contributor and stuff like that. You know, as a freshman, it's hard to like balance being in high school and being on varsity. Um, but then that that leveled out and, you know, I was able to be successful in both arenas uh, in high school. And then college was college was the same deal. Um, it was tough at first, but they give you all the resources that you need to be successful. And, and Jesse, was it how was it for you when you were when you were playing basketball? I, I know you you were a very successful athlete yourself. What was that like for you in high school? Um, I loved high school basketball. Like, and I think that basketball honestly like kept me on a schedule. So I, I did well in academics. Um, fortunately, like it kind of came second nature to me up until USC. USC is when I kind of had like a slap in the face. I was like, okay, I really need to try to like make decent grades. Um, but I also kind of tie that into not playing basketball. Like I just wasn't on a schedule. I was on my own for the first time in my life, just making my own schedule. Um, so I remember my first semester at SC was pretty difficult, but then um, I wanted to study abroad. So I made it a goal because you have to have like at least a 3.0 um, to be able to study abroad. So I just made sure I always maintained at least that. Um, but I could have definitely did a little better at SC. So I think I made it up in my master's program. Um, yeah. And, and when you guys were in high school, I know I'm going to have you think back in time here. What were some of the more difficult times that you had in high school and how do you think you got through them? Um, for me, my senior year is when Obama was um, elected into office. So I went, we actually both went to private schools um, and like very small private schools. Mine's in LA, his was in Connecticut, but it's interesting because I was maybe one of five or six black kids in my class, but there was about a hundred kids in my class. And it was just interesting to see like true colors come out. Um, I had like kids walking down the hallway doing the Hail Hitler sign. Um, and yeah, it was just kind of like a, a news flash. And then when I would say something, they'd be like, well, no, like it doesn't apply to you. Like we like you. Like, what are you talking about? But I was also a little ignorant at the time because I didn't take it as seriously as I would take it now. Like if someone did that, I would probably lose my mind. Um, but yeah, it was just my senior year was a little rough um, because of that. But I also, you know, we were young and kids kind of like mimic their parents. So we're all so, still learning and developing. So yeah. How did you get through that? Did you, um, talk to, did you talk to somebody about it? How did you stay focused? 
yeah, at the time, again, I didn't really take it as seriously as I would take it now. So I didn't think to talk to someone, but it also kind of showed in, like I would act out in other ways. And then especially, I mean, and I think basketball and sports help too. Cause like, that's where you like, were just like, you were told like, take your aggression out on the court. Um, and that's like a whole other conversation that we could have. Like we were always just told like, you know, um, just, whatever frustrations you're having, like take it out on the court. Um, and may that may or may not be the best solution um, as we are developing. Um, but yeah, I, I actually have a therapist now, but I didn't start seeing her maybe until two years ago. Um, and that's kind of like brought to light a lot of these issues that I didn't really think about. I kind of just like hid them away um, and I acted out in other ways, so. What about you, Silas? Um, yeah, I was dealing with a lot of family stuff in high school, um, like with my immediate family. So football was really my escape, uh, along with my siblings and best friends. Um, one of my best friends who I played with from first grade up to senior year of high school, um, Kevin Pierre-Lewis, uh, he plays for the Houston Texans now. Um, we grew up together and he was you know, we were inseparable at times. So um, I dealt with what I was going through just through the camaraderie of, you know, that, that football brought me and being able to, because it's a little different game than basketball. So where I can actually physically get my aggressions out um, in a way that's, you know, I, I you know, like in a way that's not looked upon as assault. So yeah. <laughs> um, that helped me a lot. That helped me a lot. And Silas, I know you gotta get out early, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a, a bunch of questions really quick because I know you gotta eat. You, like I said, you have a pretty thriving uh, fitness uh, job on on the side, so I'm gonna go ahead and give you some questions here. So, what was it like going through a training camp um, in in college when you were at Penn State and then at USC? What kind of mental fortitude did you have to get? to go through it. You and I were talking earlier, you said uh, there's a lot of elite athletes, but what separates them is there's a, there's a mental component as well. Can yeah. you get into that and tell, give our, our listeners some tips on how, on how to get through difficult times and, and become elite in whatever it is personally and professionally. Sure. Um, again, I'm going to go to something my dad said. A lot of it is mind over matter, right? Like, Again, a simple gem, but it goes a long way. Mind over matter. If you don't mind, it doesn't matter. Um, to put yourself through the um, physical excruciation, the mental um, toughness, everything, all components, if you don't mind, it doesn't matter. So that's something that when times got tough, registered with me continually um, throughout my young um, athletic career. But, you know, the freshman years, the the rookie years, you know, those those young moments to where I may not be naive to things and may want to quit on things that, you know, those words that my dad and my mom gave me always registered in the back of my head. So um, another thing is what I noticed my pretty early was that um, everybody's elite, like athletically, physically, everybody's elite when you get to a certain level. But what what separates people is their work ethic. How hard are you willing to work? How hard are you willing to put the extra mile? Um, our, 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 one of my favorite athletes, period, and hers as well, Kobe Bryant, he got 
everything he could out of himself in his athletic career. Everything pushed himself to the limits, the mama mentality. And um, obviously everybody's not going to be Kobe, but the way he approached it, that's the approach to have. Did you ever have anybody had doubts in you or, or tried to block you? And how did you deal with that and get through it? Because as I said, you were, I mean, you went to the NFL. So you were, I mean, to, I don't think, I, I think sometimes, you know, I, I have some friends I have, you know, I've been lucky enough to know in, in MMA and they're just not only elite athletes, but there's a mental part of it, but it, it, you're less than that 1% that's able to get there. And in all of the entire world, the world's massive. And the fact that you got there, what do you think got you through those difficult times? And can you give me an example of when somebody tried to, to tear you down and how you got through that? Um, yeah, it started as early as, as soon as I went to private school, it started. As soon as I went to private school, it started. Um, I got an athletic scholarship to go to a private school. My public, the public schools that are, I were, you know, I was supposed to go to, obviously started talking mess and, you know, you can hear it in the papers and the blogs and, and everything, you know, he's not playing against any competition. Um, he won't, he wouldn't do this if he was in this league or this, that, and the third, like I've been hearing that since 13, 14. So, um, you just, you just outperform that stuff. That stuff you just outperform. You just, the more you perform, the more it doesn't matter. You know, nothing they say matters. And it's, it's the same, honestly, for each level. Um, you put the work in, none of that outside stuff matters. If you believe in yourself. Luckily, I believed in myself and had the people around me to, even if I didn't in the moment, to make me realize who I was. Did you ever have a coach inspire you or any kind of, of mentor in football that that inspired you somebody that was always there for you always in your corner and just gave you good advice yeah um i've had a vital person um you know outside of my immediate family on you know each level of, of sports you know pop warner um two guys probably uh greg smith one of my first pop warner coaches and a guy named gene horn um those two guys really mentored me a lot uh, during those early stages of football and with my helmets and equipment and stuff like that. And, um, you know, weighing in when I was overweight, you know, having to do the laps around the field before the game and stuff like that, like all that stuff. Um, so those two guys then, and then uh, my, high, my high school coach, Dan Gowan, he was like, my, you know, my surrogate dad at times. And, uh, and then college, I would say, uh, College, I, I had four college running backs, so it was, it was tough to get attached to, like, one because they were just – it was like a revolving door. But um, my last coach of my senior year at SC, uh, Coach Tommy Robinson, uh, he was a great man and gave me some stuff that, you know, I'm going to tell my kids. So. Like what kind of stuff, Silas? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to go deeper. Sure, sure. Um, well, not stuff for a, my daughter, but more so, you know, if I had a son or for my son and if Justin and I have a son, um, how to treat other men. Um, it doesn't, there's, there's a way to talk to a, a boy and then there's a way to talk to a man. And um, we bumped heads like bad when he first got there. I mean, like shouting, cussing at each other um, because he just came a little too disrespectful for someone that didn't know us. And I stuck up for our guys and that, that. And so what we were able to actually learn from each other was that um, 
communication goes so, so, so far. And um, you can have the right message, but if the approach is wrong, it's a, it's a, it's my new, you know? So um, I think he really instilled that communication above all um, is really key. Man, how did he, how did you guys end up getting to a place where you communicate better and do you use that same thing in your own business probably when you're communicating with your clients i assume sure um so like i told you he he was very like blunt and you know you guys are all weak and this that and the thing, you know so um i think as he progressed and as our relationship progressed he gave you the bad with a little good you know i like what you're doing here but let's try to do it like this or not quite let's try it like this you know he his approach got better and um that went up the longest way so i know my clients appreciate that when i'm just not like not this drill sergeant that's just spitting like negative energy at them the whole time um you gotta give if you're gonna give some some bad give a little good with it too and what was the competition like and i know i know you're gonna say it's sick. what was the competition like when you went from usc to the pros and like you said there was a there's a there's all elite athletes but what are the significant differences that you observed when you were going through the process uh some of the obvious differences the speed obviously um you have guys you got fast guys in college but now you got like big fast guys in the nfl like you know what i'm saying guys that are 250 up running what somebody 215 220 should run you know what i'm saying there's a diff that's where that's where it gets you know fine-tuned a little bit you know there's a um a, a, a big you know boundary <laughs> a big gap i should say um so definitely the speed and then just the professionalism i mean you're dealing with guys with three kids and a wife you know you may you may be 20 21 years old this guy is 33 with a whole family he goes back to he's not going to get his job taken, you know what I mean? Or he's not going to want to lose that battle that day. So um, that was the biggest difference. You're, the peer the peer group was different. You're no longer dealing with kids or guys around your age, you know, you're dealing with grown men. So. And how was that for you? I mean, what was the experience like for you? Did you feel, were you, get, were you pretty supported when you're going through that? And was there any one point where you went through a difficult time and you had to you had to get through that? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I happened to have a great two great mentors um, when I was with uh, Washington. Uh, my fullback Darrell Young, and then our tight one of our tight ends, Niles Paul. Um, those guys really, really schooled me to a lot of things about being in the league, being a pro. Um, both had over five year careers, so. Uh, you know, those guys really helped me along a lot. And I, my second year, first preseason game, I tore my ACL and MCL. Um, my first major injury ever in football that happened uh, first preseason game in 2015. So uh, that was easily the darkest place I've been in. Um, and Jess was actually, you know, with me for that. Um, and she can, she can, attest to what I'm saying. It was a, it was a super dark place. I pushed a lot of people away, including my now wife, my dad, my mom, like my siblings, you know, um, and that's the number one thing I never wanted to do again was like push my family away and my loved ones away 
the way I did because I thought of how I, how they'd be ashamed of how I was living and I'd be a burden if I asked for help. Um, so I vowed not to do that again, um, no matter what I'm going through. So how did you get to that? So it almost it makes me makes me think a lot about life when you say that, and then it's pretty heavy what you just said. How were you able to get through that? And then when did you get to the point where you where you said to yourself, you know what, I need to bring these people back into my life. I'm ruining this for myself. How do, how did you get through that? Well, obviously it started with Jess. It started with Jess for me because it's, uh, I knew I loved her and I knew I wanted to be with her. I didn't want to lose her. So um, it wasn't an overnight thing. It's still taking some work, but um, I can no longer feel sorry for what happened uh, or for what, you know, what happened in the past. Um, I got to move on, not only for myself, but the people around me, you know, they don't want to, <sighs> energy is such a big thing. They don't want to be with a sulker or somebody feeling bad for themselves because as much as they're trying to lift you up, you're, you know, it's a constant tug of war. You know, they're trying to lift you up, but you're pulling them down with your energy. You know what I'm saying? So um, I just had to change that. And so I'd say my last year playing was 2016. Honestly, man, it took years, like I said, years, three or four years to really get over it and be able to like watch football again and enjoy it as just someone who loved football and stuff like that. And I think a big part of that was just changing my focus from myself to the youth, you know, focusing on them. They took my mind off all of that stuff. So um, it's, it's really, it's really Jess and, and my kids. <laughs> so, so Jess really quickly, and then we're going to get back to Silas is what did you, what did you see that you needed to do to, support Silas through this and what kind of things did you do to, you know, to, to support that? Because obviously Silas is a very strong guy <laughs> and he's very, very successful on the, on and, the exterior, <laughs> and, no, but, 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 but you're very, very driven. And I think driven people, we set very high expectations for ourselves and you want perfection. So you're not going to settle for anything but per perfection because you've always been at the top. And the fact that you've been able to get back to that top silence says a lot about you. And that's why you're on the podcast. And um, I mean, what was your role on this, Jesse? Um, I think, like you said, just like being supportive and like reassuring, because like for me, like football was his life and his identity. But like just like reminding him, like if you play football or not, like, we're still going to love you. We're still going to be here for you. Um, and yeah, I think like, just like, even when he had his surgery, we weren't together, but I like flew to new Orleans and I drove to Pensacola to like, make sure he knew that I supported him. Um, but yeah, I think it's just, you know, and then like for us too, personally, like making sure that, um, you know, the first person that we rely on is God. So I think just, bringing back our um, like spirituality and just reassuring him that, you know, what, whatever you do, I'm going to love you. I'm going to be there for you. We're going to get through it together. You're not doing this on your own. You're not a burden. Um, we all have our like ups and downs in life. Um, so yeah, I just tried to be there as much as I, as I could. 
And Silas, how are you doing physically now? Obviously, great. <laughs> and uh, good. Yeah. And yeah. and how how was that going through? How long did it take you to get through the surgery portion of it, and your you know the recovery portion of it? Um, like I said, I was in a dark place, so my knee healed. My knee healed uh, within eleven months or so fully, but uh, it wasn't as strong as it could be because I wasn't doing the things I was supposed to be doing in my recovery. Uh, like I knew I could, you know. I was like I said, I was a robot in high school, and of course now I get to the top of the top, you know, the creme de la creme, and I lose all focus and more and you know my routine everything that i instilled in myself and my pops and mom instilled in me as a kid i just went out completely out the window once this injury happened so um yeah it, it, it took i think it took longer than you know than i it could have you know it could have been a lot faster but but that goes back to that whole notion of resilience you're you're, you're a resilient person you had to work through that and yeah, and that's why you're the successful person you are today, and you and Jesse. And that's like I said, why you're both on, because um, you've reached the mountaintop, but you're still at the mountaintop. Yeah. You just didn't know you were still at the mountaintop, and and that's that's the resilience part of it. And that's what I see. That's what my. That's when you're talking about this. That's what it brings to mind when I'm speaking with you. And it, it one of the things you brought up that I really like, and I want you to, if you can. Sure. I know you're helping the youth now. If you had to give some advice to somebody that wanted to uh, reach the top of a profession, but wanted to keep it in perspective, what advice would you give kids and parents and other people um, that had to deal with some of the same things you, you did? Um, I'm, a, I'm a baby American dream. Um, I small town, Connecticut, division one, played my dream, something I told my dad I wanted to do at eight years old. I, I, I asked him if I could play in the NFL and if I could win the Heisman. Those are two things I asked him if I, at eight years old. And he said, Si, you can do anything you set your mind to. Anything is possible. And I, and I did it, you know, and I did it. So what I always say to young kids is never, it sounds so cliche, but I promise to God it's real never give up on your dream never let the next person outwork you those two things if you never give up and you never let someone outwork you then that's a recipe for success and so how do you motivate people to do that i think it starts with my discipline um and then when you have a client and you don't let them slack off or miss a session or if you show up early like it rubs off. It just rubs off on them, and uh, and they, you know, instill some discipline in yourself in themselves as well. Um, it takes 21 days to create a habit, right? So, um, you stick to something for a little less than a month, then you should be you should be good to go. So that's what I try to do: just motivate by by doing. Uh, I'm not like the biggest rah rah guy, like motivational like speeches. I just try to lead by you know action. And what part of diet, the, you said discipline, is diet part of that discipline? And I know, like I said, you and Jesse have a fitness business. And so do you adjust people's diets as well as, as the, the physical part, the training part as well? I can. I can. But I, I actually have a friend who I um, I, I send my clients to for that. Um, 
and he does a great job with that. Uh, that's obviously something I'm learning more about um, the nutrition side of it. Uh, I know what works for my body, but I'm not as comfortable for someone to pay me for them to tell for me to tell them what to eat. You know. I'm, so, but, so let me ask you though: Does diet play a role in your physical performance? Absolutely, definitely. Um, well, if you ask Ocho Cinco, he'd say no. <laughs> His whole uh, Ocho versus science thing, but. Um, Yes, for the average person, yes, absolutely. Yeah. And let me ask you this. I'm going to, because I know you got to leave in like a few minutes. I'm going to go ahead and then I'm going to continue with your wonderful wife there. Um, I am going to ask you this because I usually ask you at the end here. So, um, what are your future goals? And I'll make it quick. This is going to be a rapid fire question for you. Sure, sure. My future goal is to open up a gym space and have a like a, a big wall with all the kids that I've uh, trained over the years, soccer players, football players, you know, whatever their highest, you know, level of uh, athletics that they've reached. I want that jersey on my wall. So that's my end goal. I have a little compound, a little athletic compound. Yeah, I, that's amazing. And what would the, what would the adult, what would the adult self tell the younger self? Jesse, you're going to get these questions too, so be ready. Ooh, what would the adult self tell the younger self? How young? Like, give me a... You, you get to choose that, my friend. <laughs> Let's say you're 10. 10? 10? Yeah. Nothing. I say keep uh, doing what you're doing. Oh, good for you. Yeah, yeah good. <laughs> but uh, 20, 21? Uh, <laughs> yeah, what, yeah, so what would you tell the 21? Um, I Well, oh my goodness. I give... That trucking business that your dad tried to tell you to do, do that. Uh, save more money. Uh, don't let this injury get you down. Don't push your family away. Um, yeah. I love it. I love it. What's your guilty pleasure? It's 2020, though. What's your guilty pleasure, food-wise? Ice cream. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Favorite? I knock, I knock pounce off, pints off. Ask my <laughs> <wife>. <laughs> uh, what kind of ice cream? Butter pecan. Oh my goodness! And then, uh, favorite movie? Can't choose one. Choose Can't one. <laughs> Dark Knight. Oh, that's, that is a good movie. Yeah. Uh, music. Favorite music. That's on your, uh, if I go into your, what's your favorite music? Oh, uh, oldies or rap or oldies, like uh, old Temptations or rap. And what do you like about being a father? Oh, legacy. Legacy. It's no longer, you know, you hustle for your last name, not your first name. You know what I mean? So um, it's the legacy, man. They keep, get to keep this, this and name. And then what do you want to be remembered for, Silas, when you're no longer on this earth? Helping kids. Yeah, helping kids, helping the youth. Um, that's it. If they don't remember me for anything else, I'm cool. <laughs> Well, you've done like amazing things. The fact that you've done as much as you have in your sh in, in your short life, you got so much more to do, and your impact is going to be even greater. And if somebody wants to train with you or get a hold of you, I'm going to have Jesse giving her information out at the end. But what's a good way to get a hold of you on Instagram, or um, or should they hit you up on Instagram? What's the best way to get a hold? Yeah, of yeah, you? yeah. Instagram is probably the best way. Um, it's at third eye size so t-h-i-r-d-e-y-e-s-i at third eye side and then the twitter if they can dm me on that as well it's the same handle third eye side with the underscore at the end and that's it
Okay, well, sounds good. I know you got to get off to one of your nice training routines, and I'm going to continue. Well, let me ask you. Let, let me ask you this. I'm going to try to squeeze yeah. in. You, you got four minutes here. Yeah, I'm good. Where did you two meet? Where? SC. How did you guys meet? Like, how did this whole thing, how did this whole wonderful marriage, how, how did was this that, transpire? Was that, was that summer school? Or that was when fall uh, I think it was, like, fall 2012, maybe. Yeah. Well, yeah. in one of my classes, like my first, yeah. one of my first classes. So uh, we stayed friends up until, you know, we studied together, lunch here and there, um, stayed friends up until I got out. And when I we got out, we you know we started dating. Oh, that's great. That's yeah. great. Well, well, Silas, thank you so much for being here. I really thank appreciate you. Um, you have an amazing story. And like I said, I get to, I, I, I get to uh, have the last 15, 20 minutes, uh, explore some of the stuff that jesse's doing but i really appreciate you being here today because i know you're real busy man it's gonna be a lot better than what i had to say trust me no no <laughs> you, you, no and that that's why i said you guys are the power couple so it's good this is why i have both of you guys on so this is like it's been a, a real really great to 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 speak with you because jesse's spoken so highly of you ever since i met her you've always been a really like one of her first topics that she hits and She's so proud of you, and um, she's proud of you because you're a good person, by the way. And and I, you know, the athletic part of it, when we pull away all the shell and stuff, you, you know, you're a wonderful person. That's why she's with you. So anyway, I, I'm putting. She didn't. She didn't pay me to say that either. So Are you sure? <laughs> she didn't pay me to say right. that. No. I know you were in the leadership class. Uh, no, no, no. She didn't. She didn't. She didn't give me any extra money or anything like that. Don't worry, Silas. You're good on that. So, thank you for everything, Silas. No, thank you so much. Peace, guys. Love God you. Bless. Love you. So, Jesse. So, we're going to continue. What I wanted to talk to you about is, is after you finished. I know you're really, really big on on education. You're one of the smartest people that I know. So. You're very, very serious and very, very goal-directed um, in everything that you do. Um, what made you decide to get a master's? And when you finished your undergraduate degree, did you work for a while and then go directly to the master's? Um, I, I, So my senior year was a little interesting because um, when I was at SC, I decided to stay an extra semester because I had like – I think I had one sociology class left and I was just going to take it during the summer. And then me and my best friend, um, we were like, cause she's a, a year younger than, or two years younger than me at SC. So I was like, let's just study abroad. Um, cause I just didn't have a chance to really do it during undergrad. Um, so I stayed an extra semester. I studied abroad and then I had kind of like a six month gap period between, um, going to get my graduate degree. Uh, so I worked a little bit and then, but I always knew I just wanted to knock out my master's right after I got my BA. Um, Cause I, I'm one of those people, like if I were to take a year or two off and start making money, like I wasn't going to go back to school. So I decided to go to Florida. I went to Florida International University. Um, they have a really good public administrations program. And while I was there, I was lucky enough to go to D.C. where Silas was for a semester and intern on um, Capitol Hill for a senator. And it just kind of like everything kind of just fell into place. Um, 
So yeah, I think I always knew in the back of my mind, like I wanted to get my master's. And at the time too, it was kind of rough finding a job that I actually enjoyed and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So yeah, I thought the best idea would be just to stick with school. And I, and I know you're very, very into making a significant difference in the community. I mean, ever since I've known you, that's like your focus is that you want to make a significant difference in the community. And how did you end up getting the job at USC? Um, so fortunately, Dr. Southers, um, he has just like always been someone that I've looked up to. And my mom actually worked with him a few years because she worked for the city of L.A. And he's just done so many different things. Um, he, I believe, ended his career at the Los Angeles airport as assistant police chief. So they crossed paths. Um, I did work at a, a school in a law school in Glendale for about a year. And then a position opened up with Errol and then I applied for it. And, and I was lucky and fortunate enough to um, get the position. But yeah, I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I honestly did not see myself working for higher ed. I thought I was going to go into politics, um, which is why I interned um, on Capitol Hill. But then politics like took a quick shift. Uh, the year I graduated, 2016, I think we all know um, that was the year Trump came into office. And I was like, I want nothing to do with this. So I'm from South L.A. Um, SC's always been my dream school. I used to go here for basketball camps when I was younger and just being able to work here. Um, it's, it's really been a blessing. So I know you're really in the leadership space. You're a leader in the community. Um, you moved back to LA. You're very much a grassroots person when it comes to LA. Every time I speak with you, you're, you're very much about giving back to the community in LA. Um, do you think leaders are born or made? Um, in your experience, because you work in the whole, you work with leaders. I mean, you work with some of the top leaders and that's how we met. We, mm -hmm. you work with some of the top leaders in the country in your experience, what kind of is your, you know, your, your play on that? I think definitely made, um, cause we all have like unique experiences, different backgrounds, but it's just about like remaining humble. And then for me, again, like I'm from the community that I work in. So although I'm kind of in this little bubble at USC, like I try to just always extend my arm to people outside. Because uh, at the end of the day, we're smack down in the middle of South Central. I think people forget that sometimes, um, especially with like all the wealth that USC has. And we just have so many resources. So I just, I try to tie in, you know, as much as I can. Um, I do look up to a lot of people like Errol, again, is one of the people who just kind of instilled in me that relationships and trust are so important. Um, you know, and then again, working with law enforcement, that's how we met and running these leadership courses at USC. Um, I just kind of get to hear things from all different angles. So I try to take that information and use it in my daily, you know, activities. So for example, like one of my favorite people to work with is uh, Dr. Akil Bashir, who I believe spoke um, to your program on gang intervention. And he's just doing incredible work um, in the city of LA and 
just, you know, revamping how people look at former gang members. Um, Cause at the end of the day, they're people just like us. And that's the lifestyle that they've always just been accustomed to. So he provides like training opportunities for them to go into like the real world um, workforce. And he's also a former 1960s Black Panther. So I just think he's one of the coolest people. Um, but I'm just so lucky to like work with people like that. So I just have these amazing mentors that I look up to and I want to be like them. They're such hard workers. So I think that's why I try to work um, as hard as I can and just one of my passions is like building that bridge between law enforcement and the community because, you know, I've been um, not personally, but my dad's been mistreated by law enforcement. Um, but then again, like I get to work with amazing law enforcement officers, you know, like you. So I, I really do see the best of both worlds. So I try to just um, bring it all together as much as I can. And you, you were talking about your mom raising you and it sounds like she had a significant impact on your life what kind of things did you learn from your mom growing up um you know just hard work um she i would she would take me to school early pick me up late because she's just always you know trying to provide for us and make a better lifestyle for myself um i went to private school my whole life and she just made it a point you know to give me the best education um, every day, probably until I was like in middle school. Whenever we get in the car, I would have to do like pages of math book. And like, I hated it at the time, but you know, then I like got to high school and math like came really easy to me. So um, yeah, I think just, you know, work hard, stay dedicated. Don't let people, you know, tell you that you can't do something because at the end of the day, like you're your own worst critic. So you're going to go as far as you push yourself to go. Um, and yeah, she's just always been supportive um, of what I want to do. And like, I think I want I wanted to be in law enforcement um, for 10 seconds and she had me meet with like chiefs of police that's where i actually met um jim mcdonald when i was in high school he's our uh, former he's a former police chief in long beach and our former uh, sheriff for la county and she just kind of like always set me up like networking is huge um i probably wouldn't be where i am today without networking so that's another thing she taught me to just never burn bridges Always just be yourself, be humble, um, and work hard. I, I'm glad you brought that up because hardly anyone has brought that up. How do you network, and and why is it so important? Um, I, you know, the saying, you know, it's about who you know, and um, I think it's true. You know, USC, we have a pretty big network here. Um, I like to say like Trojans look out for each other, but wherever I go, you know, if I can help someone, I'm going to help them. And while, you know, you do things and you don't expect things in return, um, but that's kind of just how life works. Like you extend your hand to someone and someone's going to extend your their hand to you. So, yeah, I think, um, again, it goes back to relationships and trust, especially when you're working like in the field that we work in um, and like, you know, there's a lot of controversy right now with law enforcement in the community. And 
Yeah, you know, the, some of the most respected law enforcement officials in my eyes are the ones who actually go out into the community that they serve and they speak to the citizens. And, you know, I've been on a few ride-alongs with wonderful officers. One um, was a sergeant with LAPD and we're driving and he knows everybody on the streets. You know, he's waving, they're saying, hey, and that's just, that's really what it takes. And it's sad that some officers won't even get out of their car to like speak to the community that they're serving but it's like how do you know what the community needs if you don't speak to them so and that's why i think it's great that you're in your space because what you're doing right now is you're you're building those relationships with law enforcement hierarchy that can make a difference in the world and um you've done a lot of things to inspire a lot of folks including me um and making sure that we stay focused on the community and what, what our role is in building those relationships. Um, I know you also have, you always, you have a lot of side projects as well. And I know you want to get your doctorate at some point, right? Is that going to, that's, I know that's going to be your next step uh, in your journey. Um, but I know that you have a pretty big, you and your husband have a pretty big Instagram following. How did you build that Instagram following? And, I know it's in the fitness and health area. Mm -hmm. Has that been a difficult challenge for you? Yeah. So, you know, I do consider myself an athlete, um, but like fitness and health, like I leave that up to Silas. Like that's his lane. Um, for me, you know, I'm not sure. I think just, you know, being myself and um, being transparent and just trying to connect as many people as I can with each other. Um, that's definitely helped a lot. But yeah, honestly, like, I don't even know how I built a following. Um, a lot of it, you can't tell now because I have my braids in, but I have like big curly hair and people just started reaching out to me, you know, like, what hair products do you use? Um, you know, what do you do? So I just started like sharing what I do and people like that. So I think that's where most of my following comes from. Um, and then again, I started playing basketball again in like 2018, maybe. So I took like five years off. Um Cause I just, I don't know, basketball was like my whole life at one point. And when it didn't take me to where I thought it was going to take me, I kind of like got mad at it, but then kind of a similar situation with Silas. Like I love basketball. I love watching the game. I love talking about the game, teaching people. And then I started coaching again um, at village Christian. And I think that kind of reeled me back in and reminded me, you know, this was such a huge part in your life. Um, and I've also had some coaches that I didn't necessarily like, so I just wanted to make sure that I was never that coach and I was just always available. Um, and kids are going through things that, you know, we've kind of never seen in this lifetime before. So just making sure they understand that I'm here for them on and off the court. And what has coaching taught you? Definitely patience. Um, so unfortunately, my work schedule just was absolutely insane last year. So I, I started coaching middle school girls basketball, and they are just like, they are a handful. Um, but it taught me, you know, just to be patient. And I've always been like, so serious about basketball. And you can't necessarily be like that with that age group. So it's about like mixing in seriousness, but also fun. Um, and just like hoping they love the game as much as you do. And you have a, we got to talk about this. 
before I, I get by 10 minutes. I, I have other things I want to, I'm going to give you some rapid fire questions as well, but your boot camp, how'd that get going? And, yeah, so uh, and, and tell me what it's about, how you developed it. Um, it was more so started as a bunch of my friends asking like, is, is does Silas train like women? Um, and then a lot of them aren't comfortable, you know, just like working out. Cause a lot of people who actually attend the boot camp didn't necessarily work out before. So I just kind of like mentioned it to Silas and we're like, you know what, we should do like a boot camp for women and just make it like comfortable for all levels of um, fitness. So a lot of my friends started coming, my family started coming, and then like just community members started coming. And it's just like something fun to do. Um, an hour and really just you know because when you work out you feel good and then you know that kind of like sets the tone for the day you want to eat good for the rest of the day and you want to come back and so we silas actually did all the work with that um but yeah it just kind of started off as something to like bring us all together in a positive environment um so yeah and what it uh what do your work like or your workouts consist of um so again most of my workouts were mainly surrounding hoop and like basketball. I never really, I mean, no, I did lift weights in um, college that, but I absolutely hated it. So he kind of like spun it around for me and like did things that I actually enjoyed doing. Um, so yeah, now, you know, I, I try to work out three to four times a week. Um, luckily for me, like if I don't work out for a while and then I come back to it, like my muscle memory just like kicks back in. Um, but it's definitely like a lifestyle that you have to maintain because if you fall off, it's, it's kind of hard to like get going again. Um, so yeah, I mean, and then also just, again, it makes you feel good about yourself and like you release endorphins and you want to eat better. And then, you know, once you feel good about yourself, you treat other people well. So it's, it's really just like a domino effect. Okay. So now I get to have, I love it. I love this portion of it. Um, what is, what is your, uh, tell me what your future goals are. Um, future goals, definitely want to have some children and like, just be the best mom I can possibly be. Um, but also just like, continue to rise um, at USC within the community and like, touch as many people as I can as far as, you know, um, it's nice to hear you say, you know, like, um, that you think like, I'm such this like, uh, important person in the community you know because sometimes I don't really look at myself like that like I'm just like you know I'm doing my part um so yeah I think just giving back to my community that I grew up in as much as possible who's your favorite sports team the Los Angeles Lakers and who's your second favorite sports team <laughs> <laughs> um Sparks um I would say I absolutely hate the Boston Celtics. I'm so happy that they lost. That's the only time I'll ever be rooting for the Warriors. What do you think of Steph what do you think of Stephen Curry? I mean, he's like the best shooter the league's ever seen, so I'm not gonna hate on the guy. Um he does get annoying <laughs> sometimes, but he's just incredible. So Yeah, I know you're a big shooter, so I appreciate you giving that because I know you're, <laughs> you're a good I know you're a good shot, so I know you're telling me the truth. Uh, what's a uh, What's left on your bucket list? 
Definitely. So the last continent I need to go to is Antarctica. And my mom is actually going this December. I'm very upset with her. I hope that she sees this. She's going without me. Um, but once I hit Antarctica, I'll hit all seven continents. Um, and just to travel and like, enjoy life, enjoy my family. Because um, yeah, we're, we're only here for a short period of time. So I want to meet as many people experience as many different cultures as I can. Guilty food, food pleasure probably boba like i have boba way more than i should so. do you have it with all sugar or just like 25 percent? probably yeah all sugar <laughs> honeydew boba is my weakness what about favorite movie um i would have to say love and basketball i've probably seen that movie 500 times and it never gets old your best workout music Again, my family's from New Orleans, so I'll throw on some like bounce music and it like keeps me going through my workout. And also Beyonce, she's just the best. What would the older self tell the younger self advice-wise? Um, probably just be true to yourself. There was like a point in my life where I kind of lost sense of my identity, you know, especially going to like a predominantly white school and my mom is white my dad's black my mom's actually white and japanese but it's like when i would go to school i was too black for the white kids and then like when i would go back home i'm too white for the black people so that really got to me sometimes um and then also when people would ask me what i am i'm like i'm half white i'm a quarter of this i'm and it's just like i'm just myself like i'm i'm jesse i'm black white japanese so i think just maintaining a firm identity and just like knowing what you want from this life and who you are. Um, Cause I've definitely lost sight of that before. And what do you want to be remembered for? Um, probably, you know, just like being a good person and giving back to the community and remaining humble. Um, yeah, you know, again, when I went through that period of not really knowing who I was, I was probably mean to a lot of people and did some things that I shouldn't have been doing um, and made people not feel good about themselves. So that's something like I like to make people feel good about themselves and remind them that they are powerful because I am a woman of faith and everyone, you know, is incredible through God's eyes. And even if I can't see it at times or someone makes me mad, like it doesn't matter what I think. Like, because at the end of the day, we're all going to the same, uh, we're all not going to be here. So, you know, materialistic things, none of that matters. Um, so, yeah, just making people feel good. About so, if so if somebody wants to follow you on Instagram or they want to take your wonderful uh, boot camp, how would they do that? Yeah, so they can, um, the boot camp can be found through Silas's Instagram. Um, but if they want to follow me, uh, my Instagram is Jesse Rain, um, but if they want to like follow me in a work aspect, they can find me on LinkedIn or SCI's website, which is just sci.usc. Um, and again, like anything that is surrounding like violence prevention, um, working with law enforcement, the community, like the Safe Communities Institute, we try to be like that hub for everyone. So, yeah, I would say check out um, our institute's website in. My contact information is on there as well. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this podcast. I hope you get something out of it. If you like it, you know, give good reviews. 
and keep learning and we'll see you at the next podcast thank you so so much for your time and have, have a wonderful wonderful day and please tell your husband thank you you guys have been great guests and keep doing amazing things jesse i appreciate you thanks martin take care bye bye, -bye.